Okay, we are back, everyone, for yet another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. I'm Alon. And my name's Ara. So today, we're recording on December 4th. This will probably be posted the evening of the 5th, since it is late, and I am too tired to edit this stuff. Apparently, you're so tired that you're a week tired. A week tired? Oh my god, yeah, you are. I am. Oops. Yeah, no. Four fifteenth. Who? Who's the, really counting? The PC that I'm looking at has been like completely shut down and apparent. Apparently, lost track of time. It is not the fourth. What's today? But uh, today's the fifteenth. But I, uh, I love how you just took it for its word. Yeah, no, I was I was going on autopilot there. That proves how tired I am. Okay, so it's the fifteenth, just a week or so before Christmas. Um, and so much has happened since the last time we did a show, which was actually over a month ago. We're just, every show we do is getting spread further and further. No, so, let's not exaggerate. It was barely over a month ago. Yes, but over a month ago. So I think with a few more shows in us, we'll be able to say we're still doing the show without ever having to actually do the show for the remainder <laughs> of our lives. Uh, so. Well, we're on we're on 550, so... Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it would be a great accomplishment to get to 666. You think so? Of Damn. course that would be a great accomplishment. That's like another two years if we did a show every week. Yeah. Maybe it's not worth it for the joke. <laughs> I mean, we could just name the next episode 666 as yeah, sort of cheating, a though. ceremonial. 555, yeah. like, that's like, um, it's not evil, but that's like PG-13, so. Okay. Well... Let's uh, let's think about what has been going on in the last month. All right, so we moved past Thanksgiving. We're approaching Christmas. Last time we did the show, I told you about how I was starting a new business to create artwork and sell it. Um, that is going miserably. Not the creation of the artwork, but the selling of it. Apparently, even though thousands of people have seen these things and think they're awesome, uh, no one wants to actually pay for them. So that's disappointing. But... Uh, well, if it's any consolation, um, you know, one, one of the uh, most famous painters in the world, Mark Rothko, uh, I don't think he got almost anything for any of his work until he was almost dead slash killed himself. And then now his paintings uh, are like the most valuable paintings in the whole world, like going for like the most money ever at like recent auctions, like 70 so, billion, 30 million, stuff like that. Let me tell you why that is not comforting to me. Because <laughs> you have to die to get it. <laughs> because because I am not the artist, so it I have no actual pride in in the work. I mean, I ha I help him decide what to paint, right? But I am by no stretch of the imagination the artist. Uh, so I am doing this purely as a financial venture, a financial venture that I have a, a personal interest in, right? I like well, what I'm what I'm doing. Apparently, but, that's uh, the same thing uh, Peter Max is doing these days. I've I've not heard that name before. Uh, he does all those crazy paintings with all the colors. Um, I'm, I know that's a really unique description. <laughs> yeah, that's not helping. He's like a 70 – I don't know why I know this, all this art all of a sudden. He's like a 77-year-old um, like pop art painter who he just got sued for like a million dollars. And um, apparently like he's like somewhat of a fraud now because he's getting accused of like not even painting his own stuff. Like he just has an army to paint for him and – you know, oh. he just signs at the end, allegedly. Right. Well, that's not what we're doing. Um, we do have a contest up right now. Unfortunately, by the time this show airs, I think people will have about maybe one day to do the contest. But we were actually on the front page of Polygon just a few days ago. I saw that. That's really awesome. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize you'd seen it. Um, or maybe well, I didn't see it. I, I, I heard Facebook. about it. How yeah. about that? Okay. So... They, I talked to the Polygon guys. They're like, "Yeah, this stuff's great. We're gonna we're gonna do a contest for it in the forums." And then they posted that on their front page. And so, if you both pieces are are in the forum post, you can look at the artwork. And of course, you can see it on what are, what are our various websites like eightbot.com or eightbotart.com and it8bit.storeenvy.com, which is where you can actually purchase it. If you go to our Facebook page, I've posted stuff too. Anyway, um, he put up both pictures of both of them. And said, you have to pretend like you're Bowser and write a critique of the pieces. Now, both of them include Mario. One of them includes Mecha Bowser in the painting. So 
Um, I'm just going to leave it at this. Say they are fantastic works of art, and what we're selling are really cool reproductions of them, metallic photo prints, not printed out of like my printer, but like seriously good times um, archival photo reproductions. And soon enough, I will be able to sell these in persons and shows and things like that. But uh, but selling them over the internet, damn, people do not buy game art over the internet. At least when it's attached to me, they don't. Is it? So. Do you kind of feel like you're um, like selling a car to a millennial? Uh, maybe. I mean, I have so little experience with it at this point that I don't. I don't know. Like I'm doing something wrong, and I don't know what that wrong thing is i just i just think you just have to keep going you just have to keep going until it works yeah that's the thing for harmonics in in person virtually everyone thinks that it's fantastic and like there's this monthly art show in denver unfortunately it's really cold right about now so i i don't know if i'll be sitting out there trying to sell this stuff next month but what do you you mean right about now i mean it's cold (laughs) it's december Next month's going to be January. Isn't it always a nice cavern over there? That no, Colorado man. Of yours? No, summer's great. Springtime's great. It's uh, Right now is the time to be in Arizona. But other than that, it's pretty much horrible. And vice versa in Colorado. Okay, I, w- uh, I want to tell a non-video game um, joke that um, it's been on the tip of my tongue for um, a couple uh, minutes now. Okay. That has to do with what you just said. Do you, do you want to know how cheap I am? I feel like I already know how cheap you are. Okay, but do you really want to know how cheap I am? And I'll just tell you. How cheap are you? I'm so cheap that deciding whether to take a shower now during this season um, in during the daytime versus uh, the nighttime is a significant decision. And do you know why it's a significant decision? Because the heat is free in the daytime? No. Even better or worse, depending on who you are. Then I don't know. Because my default setting for my electric water heater is um, it's what most people call vacation. (laughs) Okay. I found out that when it's this cold in Arizona, uh, my preferred setting, vacation. There's actually a meaningful difference in the amount of hot water I have during the daytime versus during the nighttime. Yeah. Uh, that's what happens there. In the summer, so, it's really hot. It's a, tough, it's a tough spot, my friend. All right. Well, take more showers during the day, I guess. Yeah, but then electricity costs more. You see how this goes? Well, you're not using electricity by using the water. Yeah, well, but I guess I you got... are because you empty the tank and then it – Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. See, this is okay. See, now you're in my world. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Okay. That's enough of that. Okay. So, um, there there are quite a few things that I want to talk about, and I think you have a list as well. So I'm going to jump into this without wasting half of the show talking about meaningless things. Oh darn. Um, Okay. Fine. So I a couple weekends ago, I'm I'm struggling to remember exactly the day. I think it was. Actually, it might have been like four weeks ago because it was right before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I had this great couple of days where my wife and child uh, were gone because they went like early to Thanksgiving and I I met up with the family in another state. Uh, So I had a couple of days to myself and that happened to be the weekend when Sunset Overdrive for the Xbox One was totally free for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Have I told you how disappointed I am in that game? Did you play it? Not being a racing game. Oh, no you didn't but anyway uh so i i downloaded the game and played it i thought it was going to be the whole weekend it turned out it was only one day so luckily i got in there that day um the saturday before thanksgiving i believe and so i played it for several hours knowing that i had very little time to do so and if you had played infamous on the playstation 3 or infamous 2 um I think you would realize that Sunset Overdrive, which is made by the same company, uh, is basically the same game for the for the most part. It's the same game, but with humor instead of a lot of like serious darkness to it. How interesting! Yeah, I never thought about that, but that totally makes sense because it's like how do we how do we make a game of production value these days without actually having to invest everything that it's going to take to do it because it'll take three years. Yeah, I mean, so you know how there's a lot of basic 
game mechanics that go into, I mean, all sorts of things. Like every free-to-play game has certain standards. Like you have some puzzle thing where you match a few things and then you make it go faster. And then when they yeah, and then when they like, run out of the ability, then you let them... Over. Yeah, you let them buy something to make it easy for a while until it becomes hard again, right? There's just some tenets of how to make it. Um, they sort of decided like infamous and infamous too that's how you make a game and so we're just going to put that same thing in a more colorful world with weapons that are humorous and people who swear a lot right so uh, that was the game so it didn't impress me so much in terms of creativity however it was still fun to play just like infamous is fun to play but one thing that i did really like and unfortunately it's been almost a month now so it's harder for me to remember but the point itself that i'm going to make is this um you're familiar with games in general having voiceovers when certain things happen, right? Like, let's say you have a, a certain side quest you go on, and at the beginning of the side quest, either the narrator character or someone who's, you know, your character or an NPC of some sort, they'll say a particular phrase or educational thing, right? Yeah, um, sure. And then when you fail that side quest and you do it over again, they say the same thing. And then you do the side question, you fail. And then you, so you hear them say the same thing over and over and over and over. Or you just approach an NPC and like you, you talk to them and they say something. And then you talk to them again and they say something different. Then you talk yeah, to them like again the, um, and they say it, they say something you already heard again and again and again. It's like the StarCraft Warcraft thing. Uh, I mean, I'm not as familiar with those, so I can't speak to them. But, uh, my point is that the, especially when there's voiceovers in games, not just text, but also true of older games with text. Um, the the dialogue gets repeated over and over and over, and it takes you out of the game. Even even if you're doing a side quest repeatedly, uh, which is obviously not something that would happen in in the real world. Yeah. Um, well, when, well, it becomes a symbol, right? Because you you just hear it. It's like an emblem that you see everywhere. You know. Yeah, but then you hear this voiceover of something that's trying to be funny. That's trying to feel like not like a movie script, but it's trying to feel like the script to the game, and and feel. Like you're actually like a, it's a human character that's talking to you, right? Um, and then when they say the same thing over and over and over, it breaks that. But Sunset Overdrive does a fantastic job of never repeating dialogue, which means they went to the effort of recording lots of dialogue and programmatically determining when certain dialogue should be played, right? Making it appropriate. In other words, going to the effort of making a lot of different dialogue for very specific scenarios. And I that's, really... that's pretty awesome. There are actually a few other games that I've experienced that that do that, and it's always super cool. Yeah, and I, you know, I wasn't trying to say that I didn't think it was the first game to ever do it, but I got to say it's the first game where I've experienced it, and it made a big difference to me. Partly because every time I play a game, I'm analyzing it. Right, that's that's how we work these days. But uh, it was really interesting to me to constantly be hearing something new, especially because the game is so rooted in humor, and hearing the same joke over and over is really deflating to the joke. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. So when they say something funny every time, that's really cool. And this particular game too, like you, um, I mean, if you're not good like me, uh, you might die a lot. And every time you die and get resurrected, you get resurrected with this animation of some sort. Um, like, I don't know, being dropped in a pod and then coming out of the pod or dropping like uh from the sky with electricity around you, kind of like Terminator. I'm sure you've seen the Terminator movies, you know, like the the blue globe when they time travel. Do you remember this? Yeah, when, okay. and then they come out naked. Yes, exactly. So yeah, that's the part I remember. Yeah, I don't think there was nakedness, even though I made my character as naked as possible um, and a woman. Um, which, by the way, you can get pretty darn naked in that game, pretty close. Anyway, uh, every every time I would be resurrected, you know, it's a different animation for for that process. I, I did see them repeat like once or twice, but it was a lot of fresh animations. And a lot of them were funny too. So anyway, my applause go to, I think it's Insomniac, Insomniac Games, for putting something together that um, even though it was basically a rehash of another game, they found a way to make it at least somewhat interesting and funny to me. Uh, so... Was, so what about good. the dialogue? Did you ever hear any dialogue repeated? I remember thinking to myself, I've never heard the same thing twice. And I don't remember ever feeling 
uh, disappointed that it did happen. Like, oh, I was wrong. There it is. That thing I heard a second time. Now, I don't doubt that you would eventually hear the same thing over and over. But in the eight or so hours that I played it, maybe I only played six hours. I don't remember. Like, probably about eight hours. Um, I don't remember hearing anything over and over. And I played one side quest probably like 20 times. So, and it was like, it was really relevant. Like one of the messages, um, which actually wasn't necessarily specific to that side quest, but I heard it in this one. It was something like, crap, I can't remember exactly, but it was to the effect of, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome is the definition of insanity. Um, she was yeah that's like one of my least favorite yeah, the, phrases the character was commenting on the fact they break the fourth wall all the time in this game right and yeah. commenting on the fact that oh no it wasn't that it wasn't this is insanity it was uh damn it i'm gonna do this over and over until i get it perfect something to that effect right like knowing that the okay. reason i was doing it over and over was because i wanted to get it perfect on it and and <laughs> she was commenting ex- precisely on on that and so they had to decide, like, once you've played this 10 times without quitting, um, that's probably what's going on. So we're going to play that dialogue. And it was totally fitting there. Uh, and that's... Yeah, that's that's actually really cool. Um, you know what? I think that a type of design like this that, you know, you're describing for this game probably would not be possible if they had to just develop from the ground up, you know, because... This is the kind of sophistication that you only have time to do when you don't spend your time doing all of the other more fundamental stuff, you know. So this is like actually like a very like I don't know if avant-garde is like the right way to put it, but it's like it's kind of like a more in at least some dimension, right? It's like a more mature game development. Yeah. I mean, I certainly can see what you're saying. They didn't have to work so hard about figuring out the mechanics, and it's like the fourth game, so because there's three yeah. infamous games, I think. Right. Like they did all that work already. And so now it's like they can spend more of their efforts on uh, things that people haven't really done because everyone's just trying to get the game to work. Yeah. Which may lead into another thing we were going to talk about. It's today. basically the polish that goes into a sequel, you know, four iterations in. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not talking about just like polish, right? I mean, I guess you could consider it polish, but it's like you finally have the opportunity to do like these categorically different new things that you don't really experience. That's why I wouldn't really call it polish. Okay. I think it would be nitpicking. But I'm, I'm splitting hairs. So um, to me, it feels like whatever, whatever you call it, it doesn't matter. It's, it was a refinement that was uh, well done. So there's another thing that happened and this was, I want to say last week, but maybe it was two weeks ago. Again, time flies. It all sort of merges, especially when you're dealing with a kid in your life. Um, the Video Game Awards. Were you aware that these even happened? The Video Game Awards. I've heard something that's called the Video yeah. Game Awards. I, th- I think it was Video Game Awards. Um, but I also feel like it was a slightly different name than what it used to be, the Spike TV Video Game Awards. <laughs> so. Is it is it the same thing or is it? Well, a it's also by thing? Jeff Keighley, but it's different because it's not Spike TV. I'm not even sure you could watch it on TV. It might have only been streamed, and so I was not planning on watching this. I didn't know it was happening. I had no idea whatsoever that it even existed. Don't you think such a title is a little um, pompous? Just video game awards. The video oh. game awards. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just like okay, it's the these these are the awards like. None of the other awards matter. These awards yeah, no, I see what you're saying. But anyway, that's that's what they're called. I think it was another Jeff Keighley event, and so I, my wife was you know upstairs feeding the baby, and I went downstairs to play a little bit of probably of Titanfall. Right, I turned it on, and then it said something about watch the video game awards live, and I thought that's interesting. Live, like did I just happen to turn this on at exactly the right time? And it turns mm-hmm. out I had. And uh, as you might expect, it was about as horrible as um, as could be. Now, I don't remember how. Oh, you're killing me. You can't do worse than Spike's versions. It, well, it, you know what? It was it was better than the Spike TV <laughs> awards. Or what? Or or the uh, the video game marketing awards. I think they had that a yeah. few times. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I can't recall how I came across it. I must have just been on Twitter, even though I almost never go on Twitter these days. Um, I saw a post from 
Justin McElroy, who's, you know, one of the head guys at Polygon. And he was, he was talking about how he was live, not live tweeting, but like you could just watch him or listen, not watch him, but listen to him watching the awards live with his wife. And, uh, so I, I, I tuned in to his, they used like mixer, which is something I'd never heard of, but, um, you could listen in and it was just him and his wife drinking while watching these awards that I was watching at the very same time live, uh, just commenting on just how horrible it was. So that's kind of queer. I don't know what to make of that. it, It was oddly fascinating to listen to other people, at least one of whom you respect, um, you know, interacting with the show or, or really anything while you're while you're watching the same thing elsewhere. So he he just had like a mic on him and it was live streaming the audio. Yeah, Is that pretty much. Deal? And it, it was basically him and his wife just making fun of it so much. She's like, hey, Justin, it's another guy on screen that I I don't know who he is. And he was in another room. She's like, he's bald and old. And it was the guy, it was Peter Moore, um, who now is with EA, right? Hey, Peter Moore deserves some slack. He's been getting a lot of um, abuse lately that he doesn't deserve. Uh, I don't even know what you're referring to, but he was on stage. (laughs) Death threats on Twitter? Oh, man. It seems like death threats are the only thing people do these days on Twitter. Apparently, people think that he's responsible for like I don't know, like ruining video games or something. You know, just like get real. Uh, you know, there might be something to that. <laughs> I haven't thought about it, but uh, he does sort of head up EA, right? Yeah, but it's like it's just a lot of misplaced. Yeah, I don't emotion. know that he was at EA when they started ruining things, but they have gotten better lately. Anyway, he was on stage spewing off some stupid rhetoric right off of t- – I hate watching these things because none of these people know how to publicly speak. And I I have some amount of skill in public speaking. Do you, do you think that's the reason or do you think it's because they have to say certain things in certain ways? Uh, or they you, think I mean they you can go to. off script if you want. One guy was off script, but he was you know not from EA. <laughs> but he was a much smaller developer just sort of saying what he wanted to. Is like I'm from like the Netherlands and I'm really tired, so like forgive me, blah 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 blah, blah and just went off. <laughs> anyway, um, the point is, it was funny to listen to Justin and his wife, whose name I, if I'm remembering correctly, is Sydney, um, talking about the show. And she obviously doesn't exist in this world; she doesn't get it all. So he's explaining stuff to her while also making fun of it all. And what's also funny is I happen to be on Reddit couple days ago and saw jeff Keeley do an ama do you know what an ama is okay good yeah. so he's doing an ama even i know what that <laughs> I, is. I i never know with you so yeah he's doing true. an ama saying hey i'm jeff Keeley, the producer of the video game awards want to answer any questions that you guys have and like i was yeah, yeah no it was unbelievable i didn't scroll through the whole thing because i didn't even have the stomach for it but all of the few posts that i saw were very complimentary of him in the show Hey man, love the show. Love what? where it's going. Like, what are you planning next year? How did you decide to do X, Y, or Z? And I was like, what? I cannot believe that's real. Yeah. No, it, like, I feel like it must have been shills, but I, I mean, it would be filled with non shills as well. And I didn't see any. Like I said, I didn't go scrubbing through the whole thing, but I looked through several in a row and none of them were like, hey man, that show was kind of BS. Like, it feels like just a marketing thing. They found a much nicer way to kind of be like, you know, how do you find a good balance between like uh, previewing games and actually giving awards? Yeah, that, my friend, is what we call softball. Yeah, exactly. It was pure softball. And I I couldn't believe that people weren't just sticking it to him. Like, dude, this was clearly a big marketing stunt. Now, that said, they did do a couple cool things and have what seemed like people who are genuinely interested in video games actually on mic doing some presentation. So... That's why I said it was better than Spike TV, but it was mostly what seemed like just marketing. It was one big marketing event. And anyway, I guess you wouldn't expect any different from the show, but um, it, it was rough to see Reddit just brown nosing him because he does not deserve that. Like he didn't even do a good job. He wasn't a good speaker on Mike and it's his show. 
And Reddits are, are not usually a place where – well, OK. You know what? I'm not the expert, so maybe I'm talking out of my butt. But I don't think that the, the AMAs are a place where, you know, the shilling normally goes on like that. I mean like don't people ask like really serious questions and like really pointed questions and like say what they mean because they can? Yeah. That's the thing. I was like, oh, this is going to be so fun to see people ragging on it. And he, it just didn't happen, right? And what bugged me is that when I was watching it, he was, he was a really bad host. He just didn't do a good job. And I was like, dude, this is, this is your event. This is your show. You've been planning this, and he just, he, he didn't do well. He didn't speak well. And that's, it was literally yeah. his only job on on camera, was to speak well and have some some good things to say that didn't sound like. He was making it up on the spot uh, and completely inexperienced on the microphone. But that's nitpicky. That's not what the show is about. The show is not a, about Jeff. Um, it was. It wasn't. No, it was about games. And uh, well, anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. It happened. It you was know, fun you know to what? watch. Speaking of the speaking of the fourth wall you mentioned earlier, I'm feeling kind of gutsy today. Do you want to just like go for the whole hour? Just skip the break altogether. Because we passed the half hour mark already. Well, we, I was going to say right now, let's go to break. We'll regroup and be right back. I know. That's why I was trying to interrupt okay. you. What do you think? Um, I think we should go. Sure. For it. Sure. Let's just breeze through. Yeah. All right. So let's pretend let's keep going. that we had Power a break. Through. All right. There. Yeah. I've had my break already. It was a millisecond it, long. It came and went. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to think. I have... I have a few more things, but I think it's, you know, if you've got some stuff, we should, we should give you some time. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, maybe I might want to say something serious instead of just snidely remark at whatever you're saying. Yeah. So let's see here. You know what? We were approached by a company called Leap Trade and Leap Trade is one of these new, um, video game trading sites. There was one that used to be around called Guzex. And this was like a really weirdly serendipitous turn of events because. Guzex? There was Guzex. I don't know. I don't remember even. which. Yeah. There was that. There was that. There may have been a few others. There was one that we were invited to a long time ago and I think you participated in it. I never ended up actually using it though. This is what made this, made this makes this whole thing serendipitous is that I don't remember if it was Guzex or something else that I was using, uh, which is shocking to me because basically what ended up happening is that one of those previous companies folded and they folded while I basically had about eighty dollars in, in it. Okay, so that means you like you basically sold games to people for credit and then never used your own credit. Yes. Okay. So I was uh, rather upset because also, you know, these kinds of things take sometimes more effort than it's worth and then the company goes bankrupt. And I'm like, well, you guys owe me 80 bucks because I spent 80 bucks. I got 80 bucks of this credit or whatever. Like at least I have a claim against the company, you know. And of course, you know, they're like just go – you can go pound sand or whatever. Like I tried to find us and collect blah, blah, blah. Did you actually contact them? Oh, of course I contacted And what did they actually say? Something to that effect. I don't remember exactly, you know. But they're basically like, yeah, you're screwed. Um, so anyway, that was really unpleasant. And then so, you know, we get this email. And, you know, I've actually seen uh, – this is funny because I've seen a few other places review Leap Trade. And they have disclosed in their reviews that they've received compensation for their uh, review. Um. But you know what? Here, we're going to go one step further and we're not only going to mention that we were compensated. We're going to say that they actually compensated us with exactly $60 credit, something that none of the other reviews sites will tell you. Okay, So basically enough for one game, one brand new game, I suppose. Yeah. So so this is really interesting. I'm going to tell you first like what actually happened and then like we'll talk about like how, you know – the more nitty-gritty details, I guess, or the longer okay. terms. I suppose in the interest of disclosure, we'll point out that you're participating in this and I am not. So 
anything I say, I guess, could be construed as wholly unbiased, Honest. even though we're part of the same show. <laughs> yeah, but also, I, I don't give a shit. So. <laughs> okay. I have no real desire to, um, you know, necessarily reciprocate anything just because they've given us this service. Although I somehow just feel like I had it coming to me because I was 80 in the hole and now I got 60 back. So I'm almost so whole. this is like karma. Okay. It's kind of like this weird karma thing. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, uh, it was kind of funny because, I, you know, I was looking around this site and I was like – Oh, yeah, this is cool. You know, maybe I can just, you know, get a game and not have to pay for it, which is fantastic. And then the next question is, you know, and this is probably – I'm probably the only person who plays games who has this problem. Like, what am I going to get? Because what do I want to play? Because none of these games appeal to me. Are they selling brand new games at all? It looks like – you know, this is the kind of thing where when you ask questions, I'm actually on the site here now, so we have to go and I have to go click around and see what the answer is. I think there was a way, some way to get like a couple new games under something, but it's mostly used stuff. Okay. And anyway, um, so I was just browsing around and I'm like, so the funny thing about these sites in general, not Leaf Trade necessarily, is that you sometimes – I mean like it's dependent on how the fu- the market of itself fluctuates, right? So in other words, like you have no indication of if you want a game, how quickly you'll get it unless you – the site already tells you, hey, someone's got this and is offering it, you know? So you can like say put these games on your list to like request them or watch them or whatever. And, you know, you just have no idea. Could You could get one um, next week. Because um, that's when it comes in or wait seven years. Like you just never know. So I was like, okay, you know, I have to – let me at least like request a couple things that I know are around or let me see something I can get that's decent. Anyway, so I was like, okay, hey, there's this grid game that came out recently, this grid autosport game that, you know, I played the first two. I never got the third. First one was awesome. Second one sucked. Uh, I heard the third one was, you know, back to basics or whatever kind of uh, saying you want to say with that one. So, okay, let's – I'll just click on this is the one I want. And then, you know, this is partially because of my – what's the word? Carelessness. But I didn't really intend to tell it that, yes, I definitely want this one as soon as it's available right now. Send it right away and deduct for my credit. So anyway, like a couple hours after I was browsing the site, I get this email. It's like, yeah, this game's on its way. And I'm like, whoa, slow down. But it couldn't slow down because it was already on its way. So I was like, okay, well, you know what? I mean, if I wasn't going to get that game, there's probably no other game I'd wanted to get anyway. Um, so it's just as well. Uh, so there was so that. So have you received it at this so, point? So I got it, yeah. And so like, you know, the second part of, you know, the stuff I want to talk about today is actually talking about this game. But before we get to that, Leap Trade is kind of different from the way some of the other uh, sites used to work in that there's like a static price for a game. Like Grid and, – and the weird thing is is that a lot of the games are really weirdly priced, which leads to uh, – see sounds like people are going to do exploit, exploiting on, you know, the ones that are – Maybe, you know, wait – well, that's – what will happen is the ones that are way too cheap, everybody wants and no one wants to sell. And the ones that are too, way too expensive, everybody wants to sell and nobody wants to buy, right? So they have a lot of weird pricing things. Unlike some of the previous incarnations of sites like this, there's a fixed price. So like Grid Autosport, 40 bucks, which by the way, you could get it for probably like 20 bucks used if you played real money. And you think, okay, well, maybe that's just a premium for using the service, but that's not necessarily true because uh, there are a lot of games here that are like a lot closer aligned, like almost exactly to how much they'd be like used. So this was kind of like a weird aberration, but it's like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm really curious about this game, so it's okay. But the interesting thing is, like, if I want to trade it again, it's still forty dollars. So if I want to give it back and someone wants to get it, I'll get forty dollars back and. The funny thing is, is that previous incarnations of this used to use um, some kind of like token system where they would basically like incorporate uh, essentially like some kind of tax in one way or the other, right? So that they the company got a cut of like each trade. 
And I don't know how they're doing it in this way because they're not doing it in any apparent way uh, like that, you know? Really? So that's really that's... interesting. Um, I mean, maybe some of the games are ones they're selling and they're doing it at an inflated price. Maybe so. I think that they're doing something behind the scenes that you cannot see from your interface because I don't know how they'd make their money otherwise. You can also do things, I think, like trade one for one, which is cool, um, instead of doing the credit thing. It, it may also and be that they're just trying to get what a critical mass of users, at which point they'll start charging like a dollar yeah. per trade or something. That's that, that's totally uh, plausible. And, of course, that's really important, right? Because the effectiveness of any kind of site like this is completely dependent on them reaching that critical mass. That was what's been the problems with all the ones that have failed so far is that they haven't gotten that critical mass. And it's like the problem is, especially with the one I used to use, it's like there's all these people on both sides of the trade who want to do it, but they're, none of them want to come together because none of them want to uh, compromise. And it's kind of weird with this system here because the other ones had some kind of haggling device, although I guess it didn't really work very well because nobody, I guess, wanted to haggle. I guess they were just waiting. I guess I guess it's like it's the effect of like waiting for an unknown, right? It's like you don't know how long it's going to take. You have no information about how long it's going to take for somebody to grab the bait. So you sit there waiting infinitely. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like one of the problems. But it's really interesting to me because it's really hard to fairly re- even review something like this because I would have to really use it like over time, like six months to decide whether this is great or whether I got screwed or not. And of course, with the previous ones, I decided I got screwed, but it was mostly because I, I, they went bankrupt on you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think them giving you this credit was simply hoping to get you to mention it so that you've you've earned that i suppose um yeah for sure oh i think another thing they do here is let's see i think the person who ships has to pay for shipping yeah that all of these things by the way like you should not rely upon being absolutely correct i mean do you do you plan on selling any games on it now well the problem is is that i have I was burned so hard last time that it was so ineffectual that I'm really not motivated to put in the effort to see if it's going to work this time. Because it's really, if you think about it, I mean, look, it's crazy for me to say this because I don't feel this way, but like I'm 38 years old. Uh, yeah. And so you think you shouldn't be bothering with stuff so, like this? So, I, I, I mean, just monetarily speaking – it's like there's a lot of better things I could be doing with my time. I mean if I was like a teenager, you know, where like the few games I had in my collection were like really, really valuable and I wanted to like really get the most mileage out of every single one, then like, okay, like that's one thing, you know. But I and I mean I've I only learned this because I make the mistake even as a 38-year-old over and over again. Where it's like I spend an inordinate amount of time um, basically uh, like trying to get the most out of something worth 20 bucks. Yeah, well, here's something that I find interesting. So they're saying if you trade in Destiny. I'm on their, you know, on their homepage right now. You trade in Destiny, yeah. which is a game that is not terribly new anymore. Um, they point out that you get $35 at GameStop credit. You get like $27 in Amazon credit. Uh, but you would get... $60 in leap trade credit if you traded it in there. And I'm like, that's all well and good, yeah, but, but if leap trade credit is only usable on leap trade, you could make it a thousand dollars of leap trade credit if you're charging the same amount well, sure. on, on the other end of the, the transaction. Right. That, and that's what they're doing, right? Because if I want destiny, uh, I had, I have to use uh, 60 yeah. of the credits. But they're they're trying so they're trying to make it look appealing by making the number high, but at the same time they need to make numbers low for the buying side. So this is interesting. So actually, it sounds like what they might be doing is they like pick a collection of games that like they think are like people want to sell the most, and maybe they're jacking up those. Like Grid Autosport is perhaps one of them, 
And then on the other end, right, they're maybe jacking down um, what a yeah. word to use prices for some other select, cool. you know, mutually exclusive set of games, perhaps in the hopes of, um, you know, attracting both sets of buyers separately for different yeah, reasons. The, the numbers just are a little bit weird. So Destiny, 60 bucks. Um, get this Madden NFL 15. $60, which is... Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if we just totally deconstructed... Wait a minute. Can stuff. you... If you don't have enough money to get a game, yeah. enough credit to get a game, yeah. you can put in real cash to make up the difference, I bet. Uh, I, I believe that that's possible, okay. too. You know, they, they do a couple other cool things I want to interject before I forget. Um they do this thing where it's like, okay, so I, I used my credit to get um, this grid auto sport from this guy named uh, Soulfly, okay? Well, the thing is Soulfly does not get his credits until I give him feedback unless two weeks elapse upon which – they get transferred automatically. That's weird. So is there any way for you to leave negative feedback so he doesn't get credit at all? No, I think that he'll get credit if I leave negative feedback. I think that it's just an incentive for everybody to give feedback. Yeah, quickly but it's an incentive for the, for the seller, not for the buyer. That's strange. But, but listen to this. So if you, if you have $50 credit and you want to buy a $60 game, you've then paid $10 for Madden NFL 15. And what they're doing is just giving someone this virtual credit, but they've accepted real cash. So then yeah. later on, when someone wants to use that $60 credit, that's that's all well and good. They get a $60 game from someone. But like, I don't know. I don't know where they lose out ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of these companies have been popping up over and over again is because if... If they can get it to work, this could be massively lucrative. Yeah. But it's just all dependent on the whole critical. But it also explains why they keep the dollar values high because the the leap trade dollars are less valuable than a real dollar. So when someone pays the difference, they're getting well, real surely. dollars in exchange for less yeah. valuable leap trade dollars. So they could, for instance, go buy Madden NFL 15 for $10 in the real world. And someone would be using $60 worth of credit for that $10 game, which it's not a $10 game yet, but it will be pretty soon. <clears throat> yeah. And th yeah, this is exactly what they're doing. You can buy leap trade credit for the same amount of uh, real money. But this is really interesting because uh, now they're offering a 15% uh, off one-time sale. So I can buy $5 of credit for $4. There you go. They're deflating the currency themselves outright. Yeah. But – I love this one-time sale, though. Like, what's the one time? Uh, per account, probably. Oh, this is really interesting. It says discount limited to first $90,000 of credit. Yeah. All right. I mean, so they've got some mathematicians behind this. That's fine. I mean, what a number. Nine, like, who's going to do that? Well, I mean, that's, that's allowing a lot of people to take advantage of it. The first night, like the first ninety thousand dollars, I just want to know what kind of mathematical decision making led them to decide that you know what this is totally worth it for people to do as much as they want, only up to ninety thousand um, dollars. Well, if they're giving away eighty-five cents per transaction out of eighteen thousand transactions, that's about fifteen thousand dollars worth of credit that they're giving away. Um, yeah. Maybe that's their, their investment. And they've deemed that credit is worth X, X number of real dollars. I don't know. This, this is becoming a business yeah, podcast this, this at this is point. very interesting. But <laughs> I mean, I find that interesting. But Okay. So let's, uh, let, let me talk about this grid auto sport game because something uh, really interesting happened. Did you know that the first grid that came out uh, sold a ton? Okay. And then – Grid 2 came out. So we're going from business to the sales, all right? Grid 2 came out, and it actually sold, like, somewhere between, like, half to a third of the first grid. 
Okay. So then they were like, oh, man, we got to go back to the drawing board. We got to go back to our roots. And um, because Grid 2 was like known to um, basically – it was very, um, let's say, a diluted product. I certainly remember you ragging on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first one was, you know, it was about like racing and the second one, they just spent a lot more focus on uh, all of the dressing without like uh, the meat inside as it were. So purportedly this grid autosport, like because that's why they're calling it autosports. It's like it's back to the roots of what the franchise was, you know, and like everyone – you know, all the original fans, like they're trying to appease all the original fans again and appeal back to them because they lost so many of them. And guess what? Uh, so far, it's basically on track to sell about, once again, a third to a half of the previous release. So even more Wait, worse. seriously? Seriously. I wonder what the reason is then. Well, I played it and I'm not Wait, surprised. Wait, it's still crap? Because it's like – I mean, look, there are some really good things about it. There's some pretty beautiful things they do. But the problem is that it's like all overshadowed by – it really seems like what they've actually done with the subsequent grid releases, even with 2 and 3, is like they, they had this like skeleton of a structure. And this is what I meant by like – you know, this sounds a lot like the Sunset Overdrive thing but maybe done – um, not well because they just have the same structure they've always had, the same engine pretty much and they're putting a different wrapper around it and the different wrapper is the different looks and it's just – it hasn't fooled anybody. You know, It's still like no matter how much is different between like from the first one to the third one, it feels the, it feels the same or worse. And they do this really weird thing where you just really feel like uh, the game is a chore, which is an unusual thing to say. And it's it's really wrapped up in all the idiosyncrasies in which in with the way the game's organized, you know, like the loading times are really long, you know, and the graphics look well. They have a lot of effects on the graphics. So they're not running at 1080. They're running on 720 because they're doing all this shader business and all these effects and all this environmental stuff. So they can't run at 1080. you got to run at 720. And the frame rate's not so good. So it doesn't play as nice as it should. And it doesn't feel as responsive as it should. And it actually plays like um, it's the same engine as Dirt. You know, And Dirt was a really fun game. But one of the reasons why Dirt was really fun was, well, I don't know, the engine seemed to work better for Dirt games than on this game. Um, so that was kind of made it worse. And the other thing that was – it's kind of funny for me to say this and I don't know if anyone's really just voiced this in this way. But one of the reasons why a game like Dirt was so good is that like the format is of you racing alone. So – you think that that's lonely and lame, but the thing is, is that there's no stupid computer cars to screw you up. And one of the worst things about, you know, this game is that all these things, the computer cars, they just don't see you and they don't even try to avoid you. And so you just have all these bad things happen to you because, uh, you know, they'll just like smack, like sideswipe you off the track. And, and it's like, okay, well now I have to, there's a lot of this little little detailed things where like not one of which you could point at and say like this is what made the game bad. It's kind of like the death by a thousand paper cuts. And there's like, you know, there's a there's about a hundred good things about it, but there's about a thousand bad things about it. So when you put them together, um I don't know. The other it's just like it hasn't felt different or new or better or more fun. When it really came down to it since the last one or even the mm -hmm. one before that one. And if you hadn't played the first one, would you feel the same way? Would you think this was good or, or bad? Yeah. No, I wouldn't because the, like the, the essential experience, like you just feel like it, you're doing chores. Like it's really belabored. Huh. And actually like I, I mean I really do want to get into like why that is. But it's a really subtle discussion and it has to do with a lot of really small factors and 
I mean, I'll just mention one of them since we're, you know, coming up on the end here. Uh, like, probably the most significant one, but, like, in and of itself, ah, maybe it is enough in and of itself. You just feel like you have to wait a long time before you play, and then once you play, then it stops, then you have to wait a long time again, and you're kind of, like, your ratio of, like, waiting to playing is really crappy, and that's actually been that's endemic because of long load Masters time? games. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, installing four gigs on my PS3 apparently did not help this, which they make you do if you want to play this game. Yeah, I, um, I've talked about that with other games in the past, that if you're spending half the time loading, it's not fun. And the problem with racing games is that, I mean, they, they're prone to it because it's rare that a racing game, like any particular race, lasts for like yeah, an hour or something, right? So you're you're stuck dealing with loading time every few minutes. Well, you can like you can do that. You can actually ex- like multiply the time of races globally in the options in this. But the problem is is that there's so much volume of events to do that you're like, it's going to take me forever three laps a race. I'd rather have more fun doing a ten lap race. But if I do that, I'll never make any progress in the game and never see anything new. Um, so it's, yeah, like there's just this, it's just a weird combination of a lot of bad things that in concert just work really bad. Well, that's a shame, but, uh, you know, take consolation in the fact that you didn't pay for the game. Yeah, but I could have gotten Forza 4, which I haven't played yet. It strikes me as strange that you're playing on last generation. (laughs) I love it. I'm not playing like on last generation. Yeah, well, the, yeah, well, there's on, I know, the, the, the fifth one is on Xbox One, and there's Horizon and Horizon 2, but it's kind of like an alternate series. Yeah, so I don't know anything about Horizon six, except that it's not Forza 5, so I figured it was like Forza 6. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's like a shoot-off, offshoot. It's right. one of those. Well, um, I don't feel like we need to cut it off just yet. There's, there's at least one other thing that I wanted to, to ask you before we finish up for the night. Yeah. Um, you know, by the way, and this is actually not, not what I was just alluding to. I mentioned the video game awards earlier. So the video yeah, game the awards. Video game so awards. those were on a Friday in Vegas, immediately preceding what I think is called the Sony experience event for that weekend in the same place in Vegas. Yes, I, I've heard about that because I, I, some of my friends yeah. went up there. Another thing that I knew nothing about until that weekend, like I'm seeing people on my Facebook feed and stuff talking about stuff. And, and of course. Also, same thing for me. I think, wasn't it, it like wasn't. a press event? It was like a, you just buy tickets. Like I, I loaded up my PS4 and it talks about, what? hey, you want, you want tickets to this thing? Now, I was loading it up like the day of the event, so you couldn't buy the tickets anymore. But it was talking about it like, hey, the event, December 7th and 8th, you can come here, right? And it's in Vegas. So it was just a Sony PlayStation thing. And anyone could go. That's really interesting. Uh, which is fine. I mean, that's cool and all. It's just new. I didn't know they were doing that. And they made a big deal of it, and they're selling tickets, which means like another revenue source for them to actually run the event. Um, yeah, I wonder how they did well, that. Well, I mean, it was heavily sponsored, right? Everybody has to pay for booth space, I'm sure. Um, what's weird, though, is that this happened after Black Friday. I would have expected this to happen prior to rather than after, because then it leaves much less time for people to say, oh, this game is great. I'm going to go buy it. Yeah, but you know, like, the logistics of those sorts of things, like, it's... I bet if they want... Like, I bet they probably intended to, but just the logistics... And one thing I don't know is how many of the games were already released versus games that aren't going to be released for a while. Because there are certainly, like, premieres there. They were showing off that Uncharted 4 game... Um, Street Fighter V was announced there. Did you hear the stuff about Street Fighter V being PS4 and PC only? I I heard about yeah, that. So that's yeah. surprising, uh, especially since so Killer Instincts is on the Xbox One. There's no fighting game. Well, actually, some Guilty Gear game just came out, which might be on the PS4. But um, Xbox One, at least for a while, was the only one with a fighting game, and it had big old joystick for it, and now it's not even getting Street Fighter V. Never mind Street Fighter Four, which never came out for it. Uh, so that's a little weird. Anyway, stepping away from that, uh, that other thing that I knew nothing of 
the Sony experience. Um, there was something else that I read today, and I wanted to ask you, I wanted to do a little thought experiment. So you're aware that a lot of video games get converted into movies. Sure I am, yeah. Einstein. Um, did you know that Minecraft... Yeah. Don't start. Oh. Look, look, okay, look. I This is already beyond reproach to me because I couldn't fathom, like, the appeal or even the possibility or the sens- sensibility of, like, a Facebook movie and a Google movie <laughs> and... Seen both of those. I just, I mean, there people were... Yeah, and there's people were posting on like Facebook the other day about like uh, the Google car thing, and there's like all these uh, effing millennials. And they're like, "Yeah, I'm totally accepting of our Google overlords." Ha ha! And they're like, they're serious though, right? Like, yeah, it's so cool. And I don't have to draw. And I'm like, you people have no idea of the depth that you don't well, understand. Be that be that as it may so i don't get it i don't get this generation they're trying to make a movie for what's that now it's not in development yet but like some director guy whose name i don't remember um was working with the studio to come up with a script and then they brought it to mojang and they were like you know what yeah we're not sure what we want it to be but this just doesn't seem right and so the guy walked. He says, all right, well, I got four other movies that, you know, I'm busy working on right now. So I'm going to go work on those and you can figure your shit out on your own. Yeah. I mean, they made Super Mario Brothers live action. So, oh, I mean, it's not speaking like the of which I just just yesterday saw that um, they're thinking about doing another Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, my question to you is not what do you think about this? It's. Let's pretend you're a scriptwriter. What possible storyline could you produce for a Hollywood feature film based on Minecraft? You, you can't. You see, the thing is, I have to like go outside of myself to even think in this space because I could never even have fathomed that like anyone would have imagined that what had become the Super Mario Brothers live action movie was also like anything But at least that game had a narrative, and... right? There was a conflict. There were lead characters. We knew who was good and who was bad. Minecraft has no narrative. There's a narrative. And... No, there's – you can – you can. there's a narrative. It's – you make your – you're in the you're, – you're in the um... – <laughs> you're in the wilderness. You have no resources. You craft to build yourself a shelter. And you protect yourself from the things that attack you and eventually you build stuff and you go underground. And um, uh, you know what? If there's anything that Hollywood is not short of, it's making up stories. I was really hoping that you could come up with something on the spot. <laughs> no, you didn't. I just, you just did. said what, what it was. And it's not even that. Like most of the game, you are this this massless god who's just creating things. You're not even like you're – doesn't the lead character have a name like Mike or something cheesy? Um, he's he's not even part of the game. Like the the creating part, he doesn't do. I mean, this is coming from someone who's never played the game. I don't, but. Yeah, I don't know what to say about the Minecraft movie other than like you know, there's money, so yeah. there's. Movies. I mean, well, here's what I can tell you: if and when it comes out. You can rest assured that Mojang will make sure that they feel good about it because apparently they are, you know, giving the red light for for what's been developed so far. I wonder if there's any movie of which they would give the green light to. Like it's you never going to be good enough, I, you mean? It sounds to me like it's like a... Well, yeah, this, it sounds like to me it's like there's like, okay, you want to do it? Well, let's see what you come up with. Yeah, okay, as expected, this is really stupid. Well, they nope, belong to Microsoft now, and I feel like Microsoft like probably no sk- doesn't have as high standards as they do. But if they're letting them continue to act like their own company, then then maybe they'll continue to be divas. Yeah. Well, it's it's not it's no skin off Mojang's back to entertain offers, right? Or consider them. So they don't have to do anything. They just have to sit and like see if anyone comes with an idea with, that makes sense. And okay, if I don't know, I if 
based on what you said, I would predict that yeah. they will never make a Oh, I think that's true as well. But I'm fascinated by the idea that like someone actually put a script together. And of all this Sony hacking that's been going on lately, I wish someone could leak out the failed script for Minecraft so I could know what <laughs> what was in someone's head, what were they able to come up with that uh I mean, the fact that it couldn't pass muster is no surprise. But just what could they come up with that they think could actually be a real movie for that game? I I'm fascinated Nobody by the does. very idea of it. So anyway, that's that's gonna be my closing thought for the show today. Um except to tell people that if they want cool game art, they should totally go buy it. You know, from me. Um, so do that. But uh but on your end, anything else? <laughs> No, I think we've given the, our our listeners a wonderful bonus show for uh, having them make yeah making and no commercials and like over a real raw hour. Well, thank you everybody for for sticking through it. With That's us. right. I'm going to make sure to mark this show explicit because you and I chose to swear liberally. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like yeah. I just I decided it was worth <laughs> All it. All right then. Well, until next time, uh, sometime in January. You know, we uh, we hope that you guys pay attention and interact on the Facebooks, and uh, and yeah, we'll we'll be back sometime. All right. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.